I'll be damned if this ain't Black America's team right now. Remember the starter jackets back in the day? Like Colorado is the new Raiders starter. It was like Michigan Fab Five, all the stuff that NWA used to wear. It's like, that's what Colorado hoodies are now. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it cause it's your business, your business, business. Handle all in your business, value all in your business. You say your mind in your business, my business. What's up, what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery and listen, it's MoCo on the go cause I'm on the go and you should already know where I'm at. I'm in Dallas and I need to be quiet because I'm in the hotel. Our players are probably taking their pregame nap, so I'm going to keep it down. But I'm in Dallas. As I said, I don't know the results yet, but you already do. But we're having a full show where I talk to you about also my thoughts on the season from start to finish. Then we have Mark Watson come on, a.k.a. Soldier Knows Best. There's a new iPhone drop. Is it really all they say it is? I'm going to ask him all the questions that we really need to know. And then... Michael Smith, analyst on Thursday Night Football, is coming through, and boy, did we have a time. Tap in, y'all. This is a fun one. Let's go! As we mentioned, it's MoCo on the go. I'm in Dallas right now because it's the calm before the storm. It's the calm before the storm in a sense of, I don't know what has happened in the game yet. You're listening to this right now, and we already do know what happened. But while I'm recording this, Tuesday... I have no idea what's going to happen in the New York Mystics game. No idea what's going to happen in our Atlanta Dream versus Wings game. I'm going to give my perspectives on everything before it happens. All right. So a lot of people were talking to me about like, oh, man, like, how are you going to feel if the if the dream lose? And I'm like, how am I going to feel? Well, first of all, if 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 I don't even like to put that in the universe, but if I would be proud, like in a sense of as a player, the moment your season ends and if it doesn't end with the championship, you automatically feel like it's a failure. I mean, we all saw Giannis in his speech and what Giannis was talking about, where he was like, look, I don't think I failed. I think any, any year that you get better is progress. And if you haven't heard the speech, definitely go check it out. But he had a very evolved way of thinking because I'm going to tell you right now, as a player, my first thought was, what can I do better next year? Like, I'm just being for real. I'm only worried about next year already. But now that I'm in a different position, I have a whole different thought process. I really do see that everything is different when you're looking at it from a different perspective. So let me break it down. As co-owner and vice president of the Atlanta Dream, when I look at our season as a whole, I look at the postseason, so our preseason, which was the offseason, and all the ideas that we had. I mean, we had ideas for days on theme nights. Y'all know the theme nights now because we've already had them, but Divine Nine Night, you know, we had Daddy Daughter Night. We just had so many different nights. Uh, John Lewis Back to School Night. We had so many different nights and themes and people that we wanted to celebrate. You know, we had Praise ATL where we wanted to show love. You know, like people used to have Faith and Family Nights, but we just wanted to praise ATL and just have church groups come out, but also everyone. And these were lofty goals that we had coming into the season. Another lofty goal that we had coming into the season was we wanted our team to just 
carry themselves a certain way and perform a certain way that we're proud of night in and night out. So when I start to look at the season as a whole, there's, and we're not done yet because remember, I don't know what happened in the game. So we're not done yet. But when I look at where we are now, I'm so hyped. Like I'm hype at our staff, you know, like I need, everybody probably needs a little quick vacation, a little mental detox, but I'm so proud of our staff and what we pulled together. It's not easy. Y'all, I know everybody sees games and sees productions and thank you to everybody that's reached out on social media and told us how much they enjoyed the games because I'm telling you it matters because of how much energy. So imagine that you guys, you work a normal nine to five job. That's probably fairly normal. And at five o'clock or maybe a little later, depending on if you had to finish stuff up or not. But at five o'clock when you're done, you go home, you get on the couch and you watch whatever you want to watch on TV or you do whatever you want to do in that day. Well, when you work for sports and you work in sports, when sports is on, you're on. So we have a lot of people that go to work every morning, work their nine to five. But if it's a game day and that game starts at seven or seven thirty, which they normally do. After they leave work, our staff heads to Gateway Center Arena, and now they're working again. They're they're at the game. They're helping the game come to life. They're just being a part of building and, and, and making sure that everything is going according to plan. So now they're not working nine to five. They're working nine to nine. And they're doing that 20 games per season. And the reason we're working in sports is because we love it. But it doesn't mean that we don't get tired. So I'm just telling you my whole other thought process of, I appreciate everybody that works for the Atlanta Dream, all of our staff, all of the full-time and part-time and our coaches and all of those GMs. Because when people ask me, how do I feel about the season? That's why I'm saying all of this, because you must not know. And I'm going to say from the player side, how do I feel about the season? Well, as a player, of course, when I lose, that's all I'm going to think about. But me now in my new position, all I see is, man, look how far we've come. I know y'all know because all of our dirty laundry was just out there, you know, like we were just transparent also, you know, like we were very transparent when things weren't going well. And now we're very transparent as we're getting it back on track. So when I think about this season and everything that's going on with this season, it's like, what, how do I feel? I feel good. I feel excited. I feel blessed. I feel all of the things because look at where we are. In the playoffs, last year we weren't in the playoffs. The year before that, we weren't in the playoffs. The year before that, I could keep going. And for us, we started at rock bottom. And when I mean rock bottom, we had to grow to get to the bottom. We had to grow to get the ground zero. We had to get there. So now we're here and we're trying to build every year towards something better. You know, so that for me, like I said, how do I feel? I feel accomplished. I feel like we set goals in the beginning of the season and we're not done yet, like I said, but we're towards the end of the season. We did 20 games. We had people come in from all over and tell us that they loved our shows. They loved our games. I feel accomplished. I feel like blessed. I feel like as a unit, the Atlanta Dream as a whole, our whole group, because it ain't me, our whole group, I feel like we just did the thing. So I hope the team goes and does the thing, okay? And just so if you guys are wondering, when I said 20 games, I mean, there's 40 games in a season, but there's 20 home games. And so for 20 home games, we had to put on 20 shows. I'm talking national anthem, halftime shows. What's going on in the timeouts? Shouts to Bria Janelle. Shouts to CM, the MC. Shouts to all of them. Shouts to DJ Chalet, everybody that helps bring this thing to life because for 20 games, we shut it down. 
And I hope we have one more coming in this round and to continue. But I just wanted to say my full thoughts because a lot of people are asking me how I feel. And it's a valid question because, you know, how would you feel like, you know, like, I mean, like as a player, I do feel different. But as an owner and vice president, oh, my gosh, I'm so turned up. I'm excited to see what we do next year. I'm excited to build off of what we built. So having said all of that, again, you already know the results of the games. That's why I'm not talking about them. I'm in Dallas right now and I'm just feeling good. So do it for the dream, man. I'm just like, this is just real raw. I'm talking to y'all. I'm excited. And I'm thankful for everybody that joined in along the journey. And it's not done yet. Okay. Okay. Okay, so coming up next, I want to know all about the iPhone 15. Is it worth my money? So I have Mark Watson, aka Soldier Knows Best, to talk all about it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we're back again with Soldier Knows Best, my guy, Mark Watson, because there's a new drop. And whenever there's a new drop, Mark, you got to come through. So for me, I'm one of these humans where, okay, there was Apple events about a week ago and they said that they're dropping a new iPhone. So what that meant for me is I'm getting a new iPhone. But Mark, what am I getting like? I'm hearing that this one is so different than all the rest. I feel like they say that every time. So is yeah. this one really different? And or are they just raising the price and saying it's really different? I think it comes down to when was the last time you upgraded? So like if you got the new iPhone last year, the differences are there, but it's not going to feel as big of, a, uh, of an upgrade as if you've been like maybe two or three years or so. But uh, they've made some really good changes. So you have like the, the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Pro series. Um, so with the iPhone 15, it has that new dynamic island, which is the, uh, you know, where the face ID sensor is, but now it's interactive where you can see sports scores or your Uber driver, you know, information as far as like how long your Uber, uh, drive is away from you and stuff like that is there now on the regular iPhone 15, where they introduced that with the iPhone 14 pro. So basically the iPhone 15 series that starts at $799, they are getting a lot of those pro features from last year, but it's, it's still available for the same price. So that's pretty nice. 
And then with the 15 Pro, so the 15 Pro is getting the biggest upgrade out of all of them because um, it's going to be made out of titanium this year, which will make the case lighter. And it also looks better, too. Have you seen uh, have you seen any of the colors? I haven't seen the colors, but is it like when I hear all these things like, right, like, oh, it's a new material. The questions we need to know is when I drop it, is it going to break? <laughs> I mean, look, it's still a good chance if you, if you drop it, it'll, it'll still break. But, you know, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people. I always use a case. Like, so I don't trust myself. So I'm always using a case. But, uh, you know, it, it is more durable, you know. But, oh, also one thing that Apple, like, before, if you break, like, the back of your iPhone, like, last year, it, it probably cost you, I think, maybe around, like, $500 or some, something like that to be able to replace it. Uh, but they do have a new, like, process where it'll only cost you like 199 or something so only only 199 i know we're making progress <laughs> and what were you saying about the colors so it comes in, in in different colors this time yeah the colors look good they're, they're a little bit more muted so you have like a natural titanium color which looks a little bit light like a light brown um so the colors aren't too crazy but i think that the colors in the in the materials as, as a whole does look and feel and should feel more like a, a premium product so yeah, I think all these little adjustments to the design are, are going to be helpful. But the biggest thing is U USB-C. So they got rid of the lightning port. Are you ready for that? Wait, they got rid of the lightning port? Yeah, yeah. So no more lightning port. So they replaced it with the uh, with the Android port. So the USB-C port now. Oh, so it's USB-C to USB-C now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this could be an amazing thing. But it's also like once we keep changing it, it also is not great in a sense of all the chargers now that you talk about this charger right here is no longer going to be needed ever again, basically. Yeah, they they started <laughs> look, they, they started to change a couple of years ago, um, like the iPads, some of the iPads and also, you know, um, the AirPods and stuff like that or their Beats, uh, you know, headphones now use like USB-C ports. So, yeah, this is the big change, though. But this is because the, the EU is kind of forcing them to kind of do this. Um, but I, it is going to be a win. You are going to be able to get, you know, new things like you'll be able to charge um, your AirPods. You can charge your uh, someone else's iPhone with your phone now using the USB-C cable. And then also you'll be able to get faster transfer speeds and stuff. OK, so you mean to tell me I can like I'm going to put my phone and then I'm going to like avatar style, just plug this into their <laughs> butt too. And now oh, yeah. we're just like connected like that. Give them some juice. Yeah, you can go out, you can go, uh, you know, between those two phones. So that, that's going to be useful. But yeah, the biggest thing for me is just I don't have to carry around, you know, two cables anymore. I can just carry around uh, USB-C cables and, and be good with it. So overall, I think it's going to be good, but it's going to be an interesting transition for a lot of people with all the lightning accessories and stuff that people have. That's the thing. It's like I do like that it's becoming like it's like I love that it's all becoming unified. I just kind of wish you probably did it all at once together would have been my thought process. It's kind of like that little freak out. But when I say things like this and when we talk about all all of our updates for the iPhone, and I'm saying our, because like, hello, we're team blue text. I don't know if you are, but everybody always on the other side, the Androids, they always be like, oh, we've been had that. So I do <laughs> know that like iPhone, we have all these updates that we get hype about. And then when we say it out loud, other users like to say, oh yeah, we've been had that. So I know that there's another phone that came out. It's a, it's a fold phone, right? Yeah. So what, what about this phone? Tell me about this phone. Cause I'm team iPhones. I don't even know. Like, so I'm a big fan of foldable phones. Um, so Samsung has been a big leader in foldable phones, at least in the U S but this is the Google pixel fold. So this came out a couple of months ago. So this is a foldable phone. It has like a, you know, almost a regular size front screen here, but then you can also unfold it. And let me go ahead and unlock it. And so now you have this bigger screen on the inside. 
So now it basically turns into a tablet, right? So you can use the outside screen as a regular phone, or if you want a bigger screen to watch movies and stuff. I use it for like multitasking. So if I'm taking some notes down for a video, maybe I'm on, I have one side of my phone, you know, on the product page and then the other side I have for like for my notes and stuff. Um, or you can have like Twitter or what was it? X. You can have X and Instagram open at the same time and stuff. So yeah, foldable phones are cool, you know, but I, a lot of people aren't into it. Do, would you ever see yourself switching over to a foldable phone like this? Oh, well, here's the thing. First of all, how many phones you got, Mark? It's ridiculous. I, I mean, right now I got like five on this table. Are you married? Do you got a, a girlfriend? Because can't nobody <laughs> keep up with you with all them phones. I got some burner phones. I got some burner phones over here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, would I ever change over? I really don't think so. And here's the thing. When you were honestly saying that about that folding phone and like you folded it like all which away, like you folded it in half and you folded it again. Yeah. That is convenient. Like it's like as you're telling it to me, I'm like, wow, I could really use that. Like I'm always multitasking where I might want to scroll Twitter on one page and be making my notes on another or watch like when you said it it's like i'm that demographic like i'm the customer they need so maybe i do need to holler at samsung but it's like how can i do that when my macbook is right here that connected my notes for my phone and my uh ipad it's like they're all connected so easily is there any other group that connects things as easily as like Apple does. I would say Apple definitely has the, the number one ecosystem at this point. But Samsung does have, I mean, they have tablets, they have laptops, um, you know, they have a lot of smart devices, refrigerators and 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 those type of things. So Samsung would be the second when I come when it comes to like an ecosystem to Apple. And then after that, it would be Google. Um, but yeah, Apple, like, I mean, that's how they keep you hooked, you know, like with the, the iMessages, everything just syncing over with the Apple Watch, which I, I still think is the best smartwatch and that's connected. Um, and then your Apple TV and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the Apple ecosystem is still number one. Okay, because that's that's what gets me. I mean, and we're also talking Apple TV. Yeah. To take it a step further, I cast my stuff. I mean, it's just so convenient. But Samsung, I am intrigued. Now, Samsung, you said something when it said it has refrigerators and all of that. When you break down, because just in case everybody knows, Soldier knows best on YouTube. Please follow him because he's the tech guru. Whenever there's a drop and you want to know what's really good, what's user friendly, what all the things Soldier knows best on YouTube. But do you also like review their fridges and stuff too for Samsung? Yeah, I review everything. Like I, oh. I review refrigerators, drones, uh, vacuum cleaners, some electric cars. I'm getting into uh, e-bikes a lot now. So basically you have something that look like a regular bike, but it has like a motor on it. And so you can either pedal it and the motor can help you along or you can just use a throttle. And I have some e-bikes that can go like 35, 36 miles per hour. They're kind of like little motorcycles, but. Oh my goodness. All I can keep thinking of is dumb and dumber when I, when I hear <laughs> stuff like that. But I know we've evolved, but speaking of electric, you said electric vehicles. Yeah. There's a lot going on right now with this strike. I'm not going to ask you about that, but I'm curious when it comes to electric vehicles, I'm hearing that like they don't make money off of them at this point. And I hear bad stuff about them just stopping. So tell me about Tesla. What, what do you know about electric vehicles all is basically because I'll be hearing stuff on Twitter, but I don't be knowing if it's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it is one of those things like you see, you do see it often in the tech world where companies will release products that might be kind of newish and they're not making a lot of money off of it. A good example of that would be like the, you know, the Xboxes and, and the PlayStations. 
um, they undersell those, right? So you can buy those for like $500, but they probably cost you maybe, they probably cost the companies like $1,200 or $1,000 to make, but they plan on making the money back every time you buy a game or every time you, you, you know, subscribe to the online content. So with the electric cars and the vehicles, um, I don't know, you know, all that per se, but it, it wouldn't be out there for some of these cars to not be making any money, but they hope to gain that in the future, um, either with future purchases or, you know, software packages like Tesla's you can buy to get the uh, self-driving and stuff. And that costs money. So uh, they might be doing that. So how would you rank them then if you had to rank top three? What's the top three electric vehicles? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I would go with Tesla Model Y as being very all around. And then behind that, I would probably go with the Hummer EV. I got I got to try the Hummer EV a couple of years ago. At, yeah, yeah. And we were doing some off-roading stuff. We were out in the desert, and that thing is a beast. So I, I really have fun with that. It's an oxymoron, a Hummer electric vehicle. Yeah. It feels like an oxymoron <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that was the thing, too. A lot of people were worried about the power of it. Is it still going to have that power of that original Hummer? And it does. Like, it can go from zero to 60 in, like, I'm trying to remember, like, around three seconds or so. Like, it's... Maybe maybe between three or five seconds, I can't remember, but it's like super fast. It's, it's ridiculous, but uh, but you had that comfort in that it was a good ride. Wow! And the third one, and the, the top three to finish it out. Man, the third one, I'm gonna go with something efficient like the Chevrolet. Uh, I like the Chevrolet EVs. Um, they don't cost too much, but they're still they give you a lot of good technology package in it. So I think it's the uh, Equinox, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, I was just asking because every Super Bowl we see a hundred thousand electric vehicle commercials. So now I'm already going to have the ranking ready for which ones are the best when they come out and all these commercials come out. But Mark Watson, Soldier Knows Best, thank you so much for stopping by. As I told you guys, please check out his YouTube, Soldier Knows Best, where he breaks down all tech things. I didn't even know he does vacuums. So moms <laughs> and dads, if you need to sweep, he does everything. All right, Mark, thank you for joining us. Hey, no problem, anytime. to Thursday Night Football on Prime Video on Thursday, September 21st as the San Francisco 49ers host the New York Giants. The coverage begins at 7 and guess who we got coming through? Michael Smith is going to be joining us and he serves as an analyst on Thursday Night Football. He's going to be, listen, y'all just wait, okay? He's family, but we just met even though, but he still felt like family the moment we met and you'll get it, you'll get it when you hear it. Michael Smith coming up. So you were at ESPN for many years and had a legendary show with my homie Jamel Hill. But now you're at Amazon. And I'm just curious because it's new. Thursday Night Football is new at Amazon. We loved it last year. But what's it like over there at Amazon? Because it seems like creativity is flowing. It, that's a great description. And first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, love you. Love what you're doing. Love the show. Uh, huge fan. Uh, first time, long time, as they say in radio. Let's go! <laughs> but um, as far as Amazon goes, yeah, it's one of my many hats uh, that I'm wearing. Um, I got a daughter about to go into college, so you know how that is. <laughs> I need as many checks coming in as possible. But no, the thing I love about the Amazon group, you, you, you hit it on the head. The creativity is flowing. I've never been around, and you mentioned being at ESPN for 15 years. 
uh, and before that at the Boston Globe. And with all due respect to both of those spots, and I work with a lot of great people, I've never been around a group uh, that gets along on and off camera the way that this one does. Uh, it's really uncanny. And it was instantaneous at that. And then now going into year two, uh, we had our, our seminar this summer where we kind of go over like the different points of emphasis that the league has laid out, you know, which kind of review what went well last year, what's different, what we need to do better this year. And it was like a, a reunion. It was almost like in high school where you go from like, you know, sophomore year to junior year and everybody back and everybody know one another. You just kind of like pick up where you left off. That's what it felt like. And that's what it felt like uh, in our opener last week against Philadelphia, uh, with Philadelphia and Minnesota. So it's just a really good group. I've always felt like off-camera chemistry is as if not more important than on-camera chemistry because the the latter can be learned. You can get better on camera together. But if you get along off-camera, you're going to be more inclined to support one another, to pull for one another, you know, to love one another. And, and I think that's what shows on camera. And I'm specifically speaking to the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. When it comes to the game itself, I mean, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, say less. No, it is facts, though. The reason I said that is because you can tell. I mean, you can tell that it's fun on set. I mean, I saw, what was it, Kirk pick somebody up and carry, oh, pick Kevin Hart up. And yeah, sit it was Andrew Whitworth picked up uh, Kevin Hart the other night. Yeah, stuff like I, that. It's yeah. just fun stuff all the time. And so I like, I just love it because I like different. And I, I see that Amazon and you guys at the pre, half, and post are doing things different. But speaking of Thursday night football, it's an interesting matchup coming up, to say the least. We got the 49ers and we got the Giants. And as we know, the 49ers are some some of people's favorites to win the Super Bowl. But then you got the Giants who took a 40-0, you know, swing from my Diddy's team, the Cowboys, and then they lost Saquon. It's just looking tough. I mean, they haven't scored a lot. So what can we look forward to? And how do you prepare when you got a marquee matchup, but the matchup may not look so marquee on paper? Yeah, and that was the struggle last year because, like, the schedule – and that's the thing about schedule. I'm not a big fan of examining schedules. Like, side note real quick because it's like, you know, last year we looked at the schedule and, and the games we thought would be interesting were not. The games that we thought were not going to be interesting on Thursday night, they ended up being interesting because it's the NFL and all of them matter to a certain extent for one reason or another. Going to this year, this year's schedule is, like, super, super sexy, especially better than the last year. But already – you know, this game may have lost a little bit of its luster. May have. I emphasize may. Because Brian Dayball, the head coach of the Giants, just said a little while ago that he's not ruling out Saquon Barkley. Now, that might just be, you know, the old gamesmanship thing, like wanting the other team to prepare for Saquon, this, that, and the other. I mean, it seems unlikely that he would go from several weeks or being out to now game time decision and playing this game against San Francisco. But there's hope is what I'm getting at. I'm just glad the Giants figured it out in the second half against the Cardinals because the way they were headed, if they would have been the 0-2 Giants coming off of a, a 40 to nothing loss in the opener and then a loss to the Cardinals who were supposedly tanking for next year's draft, that would have been a downer. But the thing about these games, man, is just like once they, that ball goes in the air, you just never know what's going to happen. And there's always a story. Good or bad, there's always a story that comes out of Thursday Night Football. And, and, that's, and that's my role. That's what I love. I just love telling stories. And I think both these teams have great stories. You know, I mean, Daniel Jones, with the way he performed in the second half, but this is a dude just got $40 million a year. A lot of people didn't think he was worth it. A lot of people thought he was a bust coming out of Duke. But look at what he did in the second half. Look at what Brian Dayball's done in a year and change, turning this organization around. And like you said, the 49ers, for my money, the class of the NFC 
And we'll see if they end up being a class in the NFL. I love that. And you mentioned something you talked about tanking and it made my mind because we know that this is a thing. Yeah. You tell stories and you followed sports for a long time. How often does tanking work out? Never. <laughs> it never works. I hate it. I mean, I'm sure like in the NBA, you know, but it's like, think about it. I mean, every now and then it, it, they made like, okay, it worked out for the Spurs this year. They got Wimby, you know what I mean? Everybody. And so every now, I don't mean absolute, but how many times have we seen with the lottery in the NBA, for example, where somebody tanks and they don't get the number one pick? That's the thing. Right. But in the NFL in particular, it's like you could, you could try to tank, but when dudes are getting paid and when coaches are getting paid and people's jobs on the line, like, let's just take the most recent example. Last year, the Texans, the Houston Texans, looked like they were about to get the number one pick. Lovey Smith and Davis Mills was like, we're trying to win our last game of the season. And they won it on a last-second prayer. And they ended up with the number uh, the number two pick instead of the number one pick. And Lovey Smith is no longer with the Texans, as we know, but his job is to win games. These players' jobs is to put quality film on tape because they got to get jobs or either keep the job they got or get it somewhere else. So the Arizona Cardinals, ask the Washington Commanders if the Cardinals are tanking the way that they played the first game. Ask the New York Giants if the Cardinals are tanking. Like, it's professional football. These dudes got families to feed. They got, they're trying to keep jobs. So I think it can, you can try to strip your roster. You can make organizational decisions such as like not signing the best players or, you know, uh, you know, try, just trying to trade everybody away to get draft choices. But at the end of the day, these dudes got too much pride to just lay down. And ultimately, when you get to the draft itself, who knows if you're getting the best player? It's such an inexact science anyway, right? No, that's true. And that's why, like, even when I was playing, like, people will, like ask me, well, did you your team ever tank when you were playing? I'm like, I would never know. Like, if you they know? did. <laughs> if they tank, did. you know, is no limit, right? Exactly. Come on now. Justin Master P, we had him on the show a little while ago. My Atlanta Falcons are 2-0, baby, okay? And I'm going to just be excited where we are. Bijan Robinson, I'm honestly, he's looking like a stud at the running back spot. And things are looking pretty right now. So what do you think about my Falcons? I mean, are they looking like they could be the real deal? How do you feel about our quarterback? That's a big discussion right now. So I want to I want to hear your thoughts on my squad because, you know, we only had 352 passing yards in two games, but I'm hopeful still. I mean, listen, if you could run the ball the way they can and you got B. John Robinson and you're getting the ball in his hands in creative ways the way Arthur Smith is, there's a lot of reasons for you to be excited. I don't think this is a fluke. I don't think it just so happened to win two games. They've been competitive the last couple of years. It's not like they were at the bottom of the league. And I just think they have an identity. You know, they play tough defense. They got some underrated guys on defense, you know. And Calais Campbell was big up front on defense. But they got a tough defense. They got a nasty offensive line. And you got two running backs that can hurt you. One of them that can hurt you you know, in a variety of ways, the way B. John Robinson does. So as far as Desmond Ritter, he was the question coming in. I really like the kid. I like him up here. I like him in here. Is he Matt Ryan uh, or before him, Michael Vick? No. Does he have to be? I don't think so. I think this team can contend to win that division. I mean, look, Tampa Bay is 2-0. What did people expect of Tampa Bay? The same time that people did expect them to be 2-0. But look, I'm from New Orleans. You know how Saints Falcons could get. You know that the records go out the window with Saints Falcons. Facts. You know, so 
I mean, I don't see why Atlanta can't be uh, the NFC South champion. They got the formula, and they have an identity, and they're going to stick to it. Nah, I feel you. I went to that Saints game last year, and it's always – it's all like, that's the one I try to make. It's always a vibe, but that's the thing. I don't know I- if, if any fan base – I mean, people talk about other fan bases. Like, it's nasty when it comes to Saints-Falcons, man. I, I remember them church bus rides. The bus rides from New Orleans to Atlanta would be like $50, and they pile on the bus and they go to Atlanta for the Falcons game, vice versa for the Saints game, uh, for the Falcons fans coming to New Orleans. Atlanta New Orleans got a thing. I love it. I the church is busting up, though. <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> love that. All right, so I'm curious. So we're early, but I like to always ask early questions. But who's impressed you so far this season? Because, I mean, like, there's been – I would say this has been a surprising season. Even player – Teams or players I thought would come out the gate swinging, like Lamar Jackson and them. Like, maybe they come out swinging, but they're still here. But I'm curious what teams have impressed you. Talked about Atlanta. I mentioned Tampa. The Commanders. You know, I'm a big Sam Howell guy. I loved him going back to North Carolina. So, the Commanders so far. Uh, I mean, I think you got to start with Dallas, though. I mean, we knew Dallas was talented. We knew Dallas was good. We didn't know Dallas would be dominant. Like, Dallas seems to be playing with a different edge and at a different speed. Now, again, the openers are always misleading. A friend of mine calls them, you know, fantastic liars. So it's like, okay, but still 40 to nothing is 40 to nothing against another professional team that made the playoffs last year in the Giants who we talked about earlier. Then to go out and beat a Jets squad, which, you know, the Zach Wilson slander is easy. But the Jets had just come off of beating Buffalo. The Jets got a great defense. Yeah, and so seventy to ten after two games is like, it's. I think I think in, ta- in terms of most impressive teams, you have to start with Dallas. Pleasant surprises. I mentioned the Commanders, Falcons, uh, Buccaneers. I think the rookie quarterbacks, and and Bryce Young to a lesser extent, he's struggled. But I, I really have been impressed about individuals with Anthony Richardson. He just has to stay healthy. He doesn't look like the dude people thought he would be where he'd be a wreck and a, and, a, and a train wreck and just like not knowing how to, how to handle himself because he needed, you know, playing time. It's like, no, he's been polished in a way that I don't think many people expected. C.J. Stroud has been good. Yes. They haven't come in, 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 in victory, but he's been good. I think Bryce Young will, will figure it out as it goes along. So I would say the rookie quarterback class in terms of a – of a, uh, of a group of individuals has impressed me so far. Okay, so you mentioned the Cowboys, so I got to get your reaction to Jerry Jones saying that he wants to get more minority ownership into the NFL. Did you see the quote? Yeah, it's easy to say, right? I think with the NFL in general, I think the frustration stems from the fact that, you know, that the old saying goes, like, I can't hear what you say because I see what you do, you know? And it's like, whether it's ownership, whether it's leadership, uh, whether it's diversity in its own newsroom at the leadership level, whether it's head coaches, that ongoing conversation, it just kind of oftentimes feels like same stuff, different toilet. You know, and listen, it's not it's not as easy as Jerry Jones snapping his fingers. I recognize that. I mean, you know, there are a handful of minority, minority owners in the NFL across the league, but we're talking about principal majority owners who are like, you know, not Magic Johnson as Josh Harris's partner or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like the principal owner, the guy or, or woman whose name comes first on the masthead. Um, it's complicated. I mean, you know, they got a hell of money. There's a process, so on and so forth. I get it. But I just think it's it's easy to say all the right things. And the NFL has been great about saying all the right things, even in its own end zone when it comes to matters of race in, in particular. But 
its actions leave a lot to be desired. So I appreciate the sentiment, but specifically, I love to know what are you doing to make that a reality beyond just saying, I'd like to see it. Well, yeah, okay. We'd all like to see it. You know what I mean? But we, we'd like to see Colin Kaepernick back in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot mean, of people like to have seen, but I'm like, <laughs> why haven't we seen it? You know, we, we'd like to see more black coaches. Why haven't we seen it? It's just, you know, it's, it, it feels empty. I'd love to see more black offensive coordinators. I'd love to see, right, you know, right. there's a lot. I'd love to see a billion dollars too, but yeah, you're right. Like to that point. Also, I wonder if people know that when it comes to things like this, when they call it a club, it's a club you have to get accepted into. So I always mention that I'm thankful for Larry and Suzanne because I was accepted into the club because that's another piece. It's like you could have all the money in the world. J-Lo and Ben was trying to buy a, a, a MLB team, had all the money, had all the influence, but you have to get accepted. And I think that's the part that if people don't understand, it's not just about the money. It's about, yes, okay, if you saying that, when you get bids now or when you get candidates, you actually have the choice to make the decision to say yes to certain ones and no. You can say yes to a lower bid. Like I want people to understand of how much control there is. You can say yes to a lower bid if you want to make a stance and take a stance. So I'm just putting out, I'm laying it all out there so people can understand how much impact someone could have on that. Well, speaking of laying it all out there, we could be here all day talking about the impact that the W in general, you in particular have had just in terms of like setting that example of of how how what change looks like so i appreciate that from you thank you and then so i got something else though back to thursday night football because i really do have fun Wait, can i get one of those hoodies do, do i get one of those for coming on the show we, I, I need to get your have your people send your address and okay. stuff and send sure, your info sure. it's done all right cool this is thursday we release on thursdays and thursday night football is tonight and i enjoy the broadcast through and through i told you guys creativity is flowing y'all got my guy marshawn lynch <laughs> co-owner with me on the fcf beast but what is it like having that much energy? I mean, he's one of the funniest dudes I know. Is he around you guys on set? What is that like? Well, he hasn't been on set yet. Okay. What is that like? Other than hilarious, what is it like having him be a part of this? I guess to me, it's just, I'm old enough to remember I'm just here so I don't get fined. Boom. I'm old enough to remember the Marshawn Lynch who wanted nothing to do with media, who is now- Don't get my Skittles. You know what I'm saying? Who is now a reporter. Beast Mode is out here, like, you know, doing the Lord's work when it comes to, like, figuring out what's happening in these streets. It's like, I mean, it's just it's just crazy how life works where Marshawn Lynch is a part of a mainstream broadcast. And um, I mentioned a seminar. One of the best things was, like, a, we had a best of Marshawn from last year. And it was nothing but beats. So it's like that delay comes in handy. That's one of the reasons why he ain't been on set, because we know that delay got to be in full effect with Marshawn. <laughs> And, and and so like just his 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 bits they all go viral they're a huge hit um, it's one of the smartest things we've done if I may say so was a, was incorporate Marshawn Lynch into into this team and, but it's just funny it's just funny how life works it's like you know people and how, how everything just evolves how, how society evolves I mean once upon a time this man was vilified you know as, as somebody who you know, wouldn't play the game or wasn't professional. You know what I mean? And, and people have a lot of things to say about Marshawn Lynch, but Marshawn Lynch never changed. We did. The rest of us did. Marshawn Lynch, the same dude he been. We, the rest of us just caught up and decided that, oh, this is actually cool. People actually like this. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's fun to see somebody be rewarded and recognized and celebrated 
for being their authentic selves and not change for anybody. And Marshawn kind of like, you know, it ain't no big thing to him. He's just like, oh, y'all want me to go to Amish country? All right, I'll go to Amish country. Cool. What I got to do there? <laughs> what I got to who, who, who all going to be there? That's probably all he's there. Who all going to be there? That's all he's like, he's just, he's just being Marshawn, man. I love it when people just get to be themselves unapologetically, authentically, and, and get rewarded for it. Good for him. No, I love that. That made me think of, I got to ask you about Colorado then. Deion oh, Sanders. Oh, man. Speaking of doing what you do unapologetically and just out there, I mean, Colorado has set the world on fire in a sense of before the season. I don't know if you saw, but I'll be on Twitter way too much. And I saw a lot of people were saying that they might only win four games. You know, like there was a lot of conversation and somebody like coach prom, he went about his business talking his talk. And now, I mean, the sidelines are star studded last game. As we saw the next game versus USC. Talk about who all going to be there. Listen, listen to the guest list. Jay-Z. P. Diddy, DJ Khaled, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, my MVP, Kamala Harris, new edition, Paris Hilton, LeBron and Bronny, Tom Cruise, Tom Brady, Magic Johnson, Chris Rock. Is that real? That's the that's who coming to the USC game? This is the real guest list. I'm talking about <laughs> what we doing. Somebody might have said this already. So I apologize. I don't I don't hear everything that everybody says, but like, is it possible that Deion Sanders is bigger now than he's ever been in his entire career? And I don't mean to be a prisoner of the moment, but we're talking about somebody who's the who's an NFL Hall of Famer, the greatest at his position, the greatest cover corner at his position, or to ever play the game. We're talking about somebody who did music videos back in the day. We're talking about somebody who's had a 30 for 30 done about him playing in the World Series and an NFL game at the same damn time. Somebody who has, you know, been a part of the of pop culture and Americana and, and introduced phrases to the lexicon throughout his entire life and career, somebody who's been on television, how did somebody like that go to another level in terms of his popularity and influence? It's Got an answer for that. Social media. So listen, when he was doing all of that, I don't know if as many people could get a hold to everything he was doing like it is now. Like the same way I know who's coming up on the guest list for next game, Twitter. Would I have known that in the past? And to your point, hosted Saturday Night Live. I know we saw Travis Kelsey do that last year after they won. Deion Sanders was on there singing afterwards and doing music. To your point, it's unreal. And honestly, I think I saw 9.3 million viewers um, at its peak, uh, the Colorado State versus Colorado game. But what are your thoughts about specifically the celebrity aspect when it comes to the Colorado uh, team or any program around Dion. Well, I would also add the other reason I think he might be bigger than ever is because for the first time he's being doubted. And even though he's got his detractors and his haters, everybody loves a good underdog story. And for the first time since I've ever known Deion Sanders, he's an underdog. People are actually, because like he was always the best person on the field, baseball or football field. You know what I mean? He was always a center of attention. But for him to go from Jackson State to Colorado, which won one game last year, there were people that didn't think, A, he would win this soon, if at all. So there's that part of it, too. I'll be damned if this ain't Black America's team right now. Remember the starter jackets back in the day? You like, already know. Colorado is the new Raiders starter. It was like Michigan Fab Five, Raiders gear, <laughs> like all the stuff that NWA used to wear. It's like, that's what Colorado hoodies are now. My wife just went to Colorado. And my, know what my son asked for? Some Colorado gear. Like, we could probably get it online, but get it from Boulder. Boulder you know what I'm saying? So 
can this last? I don't see why not, because how can he not recruit? Like, the celebrities, all that's going to do is make kids want to be a part of this. Everybody's going to want to touch the hem of Dion's garment. Like, everybody's going to want to be where the, where the big dog's at. Like, oh, if I go to Colorado, the Rock might be there? It's like he's taking the very same thing. There's a conversation around Caleb Williams and whether or not he might actually stay at USC. And that stems from the era of name, image, and likeness, as you know, right? And just how many opportunities are there because of him being in LA and him being at a story program like USC. Like I ain't checked for Colorado like this since home, homeboy Cordell Stewart was, was there. Cordell Stewart, Eric Bieniemy. that's what I used to check for Colorado. Michael Westbrook. So it's like, if Deion Sanders is able to bring these types of celebrities there, bring this type of attention to Colorado, in the era of name, image, and likeness, bring this type of money to Colorado, and not just bring money for the university's sake, you're going to be like, yo, um, where's this bread for not just me, but my players as well? So now you're going to have players wanting to be a part of this, something special. You're going to have players wanting to play on highly rated, nationally televised games. Players go to a winning program and compete. College football is all about who gets the best players. He's going to get the best players. So the celebrities is all part of his master plan. And nobody has ever bought, bought, brought, excuse me, an existing brand to college football the way Deion Sanders has. Like you got other coaches who's going to be like, their brand is, oh, I'm going to make you the best player you could be. Oh, I'm going to put you in the NFL. Deion Sanders is like, not only am I going to put you in the NFL, I'm going to put you next to the rock. I made that chick famous. <laughs> I'm going to put you, you, you will have a following just by following me. It's unprecedented what this man can offer these young men. How does anybody else compete with him in a living room is beyond me. So absolutely, you can keep it going. I would love to see that happen with the WNBA. I'm looking around courtside now and it's star studded. So we need to start showing, we need to start releasing our guest list. You know, I'm about to tell the dream. Once we start having a guest list, we need to start releasing it. Cause to your point, people want to have a chance to be around the stars and, and that's how you build a program. He is a star, but I've never seen, to your point, anyone build off of their stardom better than him. It's like, you can be a star, but the way that he capitalizes, his blenders did $4 yeah. million in sales, so 70,000 70, pre-sale. Like, I've just never seen someone do what he does and capitalize off of his name, image, and likeness, and brand, and he's been doing it. He's on every platform. So, for example... You know, like the Instagram algorithm has already figured out that I love Deion Sanders because I can't look <laughs> at Instagram without seeing some form of Deion Sanders content, whether or not Deion posted it himself or his son posted it. But it's, it's everywhere for me. Right. So I'm, I'm inundated with Deion stuff. Beyond that, he's making money, not just for Colorado. He's making money for the networks. He's making money for everybody, because how much content are we all generating off of this story? where people are listening and consuming our conversations about what he's doing. He's making everybody money right now. You mentioned social media. He's not just prominent on social media in terms of telling his own story, generating his own content. He's on 60 Minutes. It doesn't get more disparate than TikTok and Instagram and 60 Minutes. So <laughs> the modern media, he's got that covered. The traditional media, he's got that covered. 
you can't go anywhere and not hear or see from Deion Sanders right now. And that's just the way we love to see it. Listen, Michael Smith, thank you so much. Tune in Thursday to Thursday Night Football on Prime. Listen, September 21st, we know it's San Francisco 49ers. They host the Giants. But I would just tune in because of the storylines like you talked about. It's highly entertaining. Michael, you serve as an analyst there. I'll be tapped in. Thank you for joining me here on Montgomery & Co. I appreciate you having me. I'm going to look out for that hoodie, though. That's fresh. Oh, man. Like, that conversation with, with Michael got me hyped because everything that he was saying, I was thinking. So that means that it's not just us thinking it. There's a whole community of people feeling and thinking the same way. Supporting Black America's team, honestly, I can't, like, it's exciting. I love when I see us just gel together and band together, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. And it makes me think about just all talent, even Shador. I know we're talking a lot about Deion Sanders, but shouts to Shador, who Heisman conversation now deserved. And then I think about people representing this talent. Shouts to Cecil, who represents Shador Sanders and also Deja Kelly and Grady Dick, just the next gen coming up. But you know, I'm always, always, always sue me. I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Okay, we'll see y'all next week. Where's the generational thing? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.